You can be far from the people closest to you. Mehoduvad um, Kush is, is the title for today on Megillah Yudalef and Medalef. Where Rav and Shmuel say, Chadoma when we're told about the extent of Achashverosh's empire, we're told it was from Hodu to Kush. So Hodu and Kush must be on opposite sides of the world. And one said they're right next to each other, they're neighboring countries. Just as he was, he had mastered and, and ruled over Hodu and Kush, who were close together, he also was able to rule effectively over the entire world. There's a similar statement with Shlom HaMelech ruled over the, the whole other side of the river from Tafsach to, to Azar. Rav, uh, Rav Shmuel again, Rav Shmuel mm-hmm. Clearly these are on opposite sides of the world. Some say they're, the other one said they're next to each other. The same as he ruled over these two states, he ruled over the entire world. And of, of course, the whole discussion between Rav and Shmuel is a bit absurd. Why don't you pick out and take out an Encyclopedia Britannica and look at the, at the atlas and see where Hodu and Kusho? They're either next to each other or they're far from each other. How difficult is it to find out? Where Hodu and Kush were. Um, but the, the approach to the Gemara is actually linked to the closing comments of Masech the Tainis. Do you remember with Masech the Tainis, we ended up with Ula Biro talking, saying in the name of Rabbi Elozo that Atida Kadush Boruchu la sot machol la tzadikim vuhu yoshev benehem began Eden. That the Rebbeinu was going to make a ring of a, a circle of tzaddikim, and he'll sit in the middle of the circle. And we discussed the Bnei Yisroel at the time, and others who gave an understanding of of why the circle. And one of the reasons of the circle is that everybody's equidistant. There are various different reasons, but that circle gives you an, a, a hint as to how to think differently about all of this. And where it comes out is an is an interesting. Perush on the on the Ein Yaakov. Thank you so much. Um, the Ein Yaakov was was, was amazing. So the Ein Yaakov was Rabbi Yaakov Ibn Chaviv, um, who came to Salonika after the the Geirus Farad after the after the um, expulsion of the Jews from Spain, um, and he became the Rov in, in Salonika, where there was a big a big Jewish community already, as we're going to see in a moment, and he did the opposite of the Rif, whereas the Rif summarized the Gemara and only pulled out the halachic pieces and left everything else behind, the Ein Yaakov pulls out the, hal- the Agadic pieces. He summarizes the Gemara without the halachic pieces. So it was the first anthology of, of Agadita, of all the Hashkafic pieces and philosophic pieces and Midrashic pieces of Shas, or in the Ein Yaakov. And Ein Yaakov became an important sefer, even in Lithuania. There, was, there were always shiurim in Ein Yaakov for the Balabatim who didn't have a head for the time or the background for Gomorrah, for serious Gomorrah learning. But every day they would learn Ein Yaakov. And women would learn Ein Yaakov. I met an old Lithuanian woman many years ago who like, was a boki in Ein Yaakov. She knew the Ein Yaakov, which is all of Shas. 
that, that isn't the halachic part, that is the hashkafic part. So he did a remarkable work, this Rabbi Yaakov Ibn, Ibn Chaviv. And on that, in Yaakov, um, Rabbi Yeshaya Pinto wrote a, a parish, some call it the Rif, others call it the Riaf to distinguish it from, from the Rif. So the Ein Yaakov was written in about the 15th century, the 16th year, at the time of the expulsion. This parish of Rabbi Yeshua Pinto was written in the 17th century. Um, and he was, was an interesting person, also Sfaradi from Sfarad, who then came to Israel. He got Smicha in Sfat, one of those people, uh, who got one of those, the, the reinstitution of the real Smicha. Then he went to Damascus, uh, and he uh, learned there with Reb Chaim Vital and others, so he had a lot of Kabbalah. Um, I think he's buried in, the, in Damascus. Uh, and he says the following, Both Rav and Shmuel are, of course, correct, and they're not arguing about the, the map of the world. That's not what they're talking about. Because clearly the world is round, like a sphere. But Tavsach and Azah him zeh betzad zeh, and Tavsach and Sad Azah are next to each other. Vim banu lehesev haigul mitzad Tavsach ad shetagiyah laAzah nimset kol echad mehem besof haolam. And if you go the other way around, you're going to have to go the whole world to get back to Azah. Vehein gam hein smuchot zulazu vehein atalamer b'hodu vekush. And the same applies with hodu and kush. De lo pligi bimtziut. The gabi hadadi kaimi hodu and kush are neighboring cities, are neighboring countries. But it's because of the circumference of the circle of the world. Uh, Hodu and Kush can be at opposite ends of the world, even though they are neighboring. So it's different perspectives. Do you look at the world linearly or do you look at the world circularly? Is the is, is what Rav and Shmuel are really talking about. And then I found in the Benayo, the Ben Ishchai criticizes this piece of, uh, of Riaf. And he says, it just doesn't fit into the Gomorrah, it doesn't seem right, where does it come from? There the are other ways to explain it. I got quite upset when I saw that in the Benayahu, and I couldn't find it uh, on, on, online, so I couldn't, find, I couldn't print it out for you. But he's, uh, he, he, he dismisses it out of hand. I got quite upset because I was very excited with this approach. What does this mean, and where does this lead us in our thinking to the idea that uh, in the circle the two closest points can be the two furthest points. What does that really mean? And what are Rav Shmuel talking about? It opens such interesting areas of thought. And with the Benish Chai just dismissing it and saying that's clearly not what the Gemara is talking about, I got very upset. So I did some interesting research. And I found a person who I've never met before. I met him yesterday for the first time. Although he's been around for, for a long time. He's been around since the, the beginning of the 12th century. This is going back to the time of Rashi and the Rif. And I'd never met him before. Can you imagine? Somebody who's been around, uh, one of the early Rishonim. His name is Reptuvia Berebeliezer. And where was he from? Salonika, interestingly enough. So for some reason, Salonika features today. So he was in Salonika long before the Gerush. When the Jews from Spain were expelled and went to Salonika, there was already clearly a thriving community there to, to welcome them because we see going right back to the time of the Rif and Rashi, there was already a, com- a community in, in Salonika, and Raptuvia Berabeliezer was one of the Rishonim who led that community. And he says, Rav Shmuel, How can you work with both of them? They can be taken together. 
It's like somebody leaving Hodu and going eastwards El Kush. And he goes right through the whole world until he comes back around to to uh, to Hodu next to Kush. Teaching us that the whole world was under his rule, under Hashverosh's rule. But here you see, going right back, and clearly this the the, the Benish Chai didn't see the same as I, I'd never heard of him to be a rabbi earlier. So I don't know if there's anything published uh, uh, by him. Um, but we see it goes back already to early to early Rishonim. Uh, you might dismiss uh, Rabbi Yeshaya Pinto out of hand, although he's an early Achron. But to dismiss an early Rishon, that's uh, that's that's not really right. And then I found that where does Rabbi Tuvia get it from? There's a Medrash, but it's a Medrash Zuta. The Medrash Zuta was a set of Medrashim discovered by Rabbi Shlomo Buber. That's Martin Buber's grandfather. And Rabbi Shlomo Buber discovered a whole lot of Kisvei Yad, and among them the Medrash Zuta, and he calls it the Medrash Zuta to distinguish it from the Medrash Rabbah. And look what there is in the Medrash Zuta in Shirashirim. Asks the Medrash, they're next to each other. Because you can leave Tafsach and you can go around the entire world and you will come back to Aza. Shlomo ruled over the whole world. So we see this idea that is first raised on the parish on the Ein Yaakov in the 15th century, goes back to the Tuvia Barabeliazer in the 11th century, 12th century, goes back to the Medrash Zuta, to the Medrash itself in the time of the Amuroim, uh, that there is this Kabbalah, there's this understanding, and look how long it goes, goes back that there's an absolute assumption that the world is round. In, in Torah there was never a thought that the world was anything but a sphere. Um, and, and we see this so clearly here in the, in the Medrash. And, and more, and more recently, Reb Shimshon Rafael Hirsch brings it. And, say, and says, um, See everything, this is the Hebrew translation of the German. It, but he saw everything in a circle. And going right around the circle. And that's the nature of the Jewish people, of any nation. It's not a pyramid. It's not a hierarchy. Don't think of it as a hierarchy. This is so interesting for organizational structure. People think about, is it, is it a hierarchy or is it flat? What about if it wasn't either? What about if it was a circle, if it was a sphere? How do you build a hierarchy that is a sphere? What does that mean? That means, The poor person is as close to the king as he is distant from the king. That's what a circle is. And again, links to the end of Tainis. Everybody is as close to Hashem as they are as distant to Hashem. Hirsch says, why does it talk about in, in, in Dvorim, Moshe Rabbeinu talks about from your wood choppers until your water drawers. Why don't you rather say from your high-tech um, entrepreneurs to your, to your water drawers? From your wood choppers to your water drawers? That's not a big, that's not a big spectrum. They're on the same end of the spectrum. Says the same thing to go from the wood chopper who's right next to the water drawer, go the other way, and you'll pass the whole nation in order to get there. 
and and so he gives various various other examples. And the Sabbath, the Shlomo Amir Machutu Yikifat Kol Kadur Haaretz Chilata Bahodu the Sofa Chozer at Kushta with Achashverosh. It starts with Hodu, and then you go right around the world, and you come back to, and you come back to Kush. Is this circle structure unique to the Jewish people? I don't think so. I don't think it's unique. I think it's reality. I think he's talking about reality, the shape of the world. I think it's a way of looking at the world. It's a lens through which to look at the world. That you can look at the world linearly, you can look at the world flat, and you can look at the world spherically. Just see what starts to happen when you do that in your life. Start looking at the world, start looking at problems, start looking at difficulties, start looking at solutions, and understanding that so many problems are because you're looking through a flat lens instead of through a spherical lens, and, and, what, that, and what that does. So what, what, it, what you see with this, with this whole idea is, you can be furthest from the person closest to you. But that, just that thought, if you just take that thought away and think about it, for the next day, or two, or ten, or a hundred, <laughs> just that one thought. You can be furthest from the person closest to you. You always think that you're furthest from the person who's far from you. Physically, we, we spoke about when we talked about the walled cities, and we said proximity creates intimacy. Yeah, that's true when, the, when it's community, when the city's walled and closed and everybody's together, then there, then there can be intimacy. But if you're not part of the same community, you can have a next-door neighbor who is so far from you. Uh, you can have a, a member of your family who's, who's very far from you. And, and that's the, you know, when the world is, str- is struggling with diversity, that's what that's all about. It used to be that uh, where did you meet a Japanese person if you went to Japan? And it took you weeks to get to Japan, and you meet a Japanese person. You meet a South American person if you go to South America. But now your next door neighbor can be Japanese or South American. So that the idea that, that, that there's a linear, the world is linear, already changed with, with globalization. That, that the whole thing is circular, that, that w- your closeness or distance from somebody has nothing to do with where they are. And the, so it is in organizational structure and in community structure. To be able to look at it in that way and realize that the road from, from, from here, from, from Rib David to Rib Simon, the, the road is not that way. The road is via the whole of Klalisra. To get from him to him, from one person to another person, you need to traverse the whole of Klalisra. And then you can understand the relationship between the two, if you see it in the whole as well. That's the nature of the circle, if we get ourselves out of, of thinking linearly. And it's interesting, Hodu and Kush, we don't know much about them. Kush we know is from, from Cham. Um, Hodu, we don't know where, where Hodu originates from. One is India and one is Ethiopia, no? And it doesn't seem to be. I don't think it's that Kush because the Havaminah that they're next to each other, if it is India and Ethiopia, there's no Havaminah that they're next to each other. And I don't know that we're saying they are next to each other. It's just how do you get to this? I don't know. But, but Kush, we know in Noach, is a descendant of Ham. Um, Hodu, we, we don't know. Um, if you look at it, the, uh, just historically, the, the inhabitants of, of India seem to have got there, uh, according to, to secular accounts, like uh, 50,000 years ago. So they may, might have been there even before the flood, for all we know. The flood was over the, the kind of the populated area. We don't know that the flood was necessarily the entire, the entire world. It was the, the populated area, as far as we know. So maybe there were people in Hodu already from descendants of Adam who weren't part of the descendants of who knows what it is but it's possible that Hodu and Kush are different cultures it's possible that Hodu and Kush are culturally very different although they're neighboring states so when it says he ruled from Hodu Vad Kush 
It's not the year that they're next to each other. That's no kunst to, to rule over two countries next to each other. There's no kunst. To rule over two countries far from each other is also no kunst. The art is to be able to rule over two countries who are culturally diverse, who are culturally incredibly different. That's why Europe has never been able to keep itself together. You can have France and Germany on, on next to each other, but they're culturally completely different. Uh, Germany, uh, Switzerland and Italy bordering each other. Culturally, what, what could be more different than that? That proximity doesn't mean cultural simil- similarity. And Achashverosh's power was that he could rule over diverse cultures. That, that was what he was able to do. Hodu Kush, from the culture of Hodu to the culture of Kush. And if you understand those two different cultures, you encompass the whole world. You understand humanity. And he was able to rule over humanity. That's what Achashverosh was able to do in the, in the time of Achashverosh. And likewise, Lavdil in the time of Shlomo HaMelech, he was able to do that. And today, that's something that every leader has to be able to do. Everybody has to be an Achashverosh or, or a Shlomo HaMelech. Um, and you get them both in leadership. You get the Shlomo HaMelech, Kibi Yachol, and you get the, the Achashverishes. Because you have to deal with Mihodavad Kush. You have to deal with two people who are sitting in your boardroom around the same table, and they're from opposite ends of the cultural universe. And you've got to be able to see they're next to each other, but to understand their, their proximity, you've got to go around the world the other way. And you've got to encompass the entire world and realize these two people are actually very far from one another. They just happen to be sitting next to each other. But they don't belong next to each other. They belong on opposite ends. So much, just in this Machlokas, um, Rav and, and Shmuel. But I'm very pleased that I was able to find these Rishonim and the, and the, and the Medrash Zuta as well to have to not have a sleepless night about the Ben Chai and to be able to say that stack of the, the Pshat and the Gemara. Thank <laughs> you.